Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pick Up Your Cross Daily Podcast with your host, Trainer Mitch. Uh, In this podcast, we carry our cross right right behind Jesus and we try to do that daily. Uh, That's through sharing the gospel, uh, spreading, spreading the word on how Jesus changed your life and how Jesus saved you, or in any other way, or just being a good example out in the world, uh, being a good disciple, you know, all the things. So we mostly go through the Gospels here, and we learn about Jesus' life, and we are currently in, we're wrapping up Matthew 13. Today will be the last episode of that, and I got some other things to talk about that came up recently. So... Without further ado, we'll get into the topic. Uh, last episode, I think we kind of—I kind of finished up the parables, but I didn't really read them, and I was going back through them uh, just now, and I wanted to go over them a little bit, mostly because they're relevant, but they all kind of say the same thing, and that's why my previous episode was all about the kingdom of heaven, and that's what the rest of these parables are about but they're all just different so some of them are titled the the hidden treasure the pearl of great price the net treasures new and old okay so those are just uh, those are the rest of them that we didn't quite go over and they all talk about the kingdom of heaven so I don't really want to go through all of them but the, the hidden treasure, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in the field, and which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. So, he found the kingdom of heaven, and once he found it, he sold everything that he had, and went and bought it. Uh, same thing with the pearl. The pearl is the kingdom of heaven. And somebody found this amazing pearl. So they sold everything that they had and bought it. The net is very similar to the, the wheat and the tares. Separating the wheat and the tares. Uh, this one talks about uh, casting casting a net and it is full then I draw it to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away so it shall be at the end of the world the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth so I talked about hell last episode and here Jesus is mentioning what's going to happen in his second coming, which is the final judgment day, the end of the world, Armageddon, whatever you want to call it. But it is for sure going to happen. I've had dreams about it. And we're on our way, I believe. Anyways, we're getting closer every day. You know, they've been saying the world's going to end for 30 plus years. So, 
you know, we're going to keep saying it until we're right, I guess. But yeah, those, so there's those parables, and you can see how they're all very similar. Jesus is kind of repeating himself just in different ways so that people can receive it differently and resonate with a different parable. Uh, so that's about it for that. Then we get into Jesus rejected at Nazareth. So this is verses 53 to 58. And this one's really close to my heart. Because whenever I first read this, it really hit me hard. And I was like, wow, like, I feel like that's me. And that's kind of like the message I got from the Holy Spirit whenever I read it for the first time. And it stuck with me. And I couldn't forget it. Because I, I live in a very small town. Everybody knows everybody. Very similar to what we're about to read. So keep in mind, you know, if you live in a small town or you know of a small town or people from one, this is kind of what it's like. And everybody knows everybody. The rumor mill is ridiculous. You know, it's just it's crazy stuff. So I'll start reading here. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. Thence. What a weird word. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogues, insomuch, I'm sorry, insomuch that they were astonished and said, I'm losing my place here. I'm trying to drive and read. Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Question mark. Is not this the carpenter's son? Right? Is this not the carpenter's son? Like, we know this guy. This is, you know, son of Joseph. Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren, James and Jose, or Joseph? Joseph? I don't know. And Simon and Judas? And his sisters? Are they... Not all with us. And it's like, did they really just name off his entire family? So they know basically everything about the guy. Everybody knows everybody. And it's like, wait a second. We know you're, we know everybody, dude. Like, what makes you different from them? Like, you're just, you're just a carpenter. You're just Joseph's sons. We know Mary. They're our neighbor. Like, we talk to them all the time. They don't seem holy or anything like that. You know, and you're over here talking about kingdom of heaven and trying to perform miracles and stuff. So they say that, and uh, whence then hath this man all these things? So when did he become to know all of these things that he's teaching? Seems a little fishy to us. Here in Bethlehem, or Nazareth, sorry. And they were offended in him, it says. They were offended. 
that he was teaching them the kingdom of heaven, his plan, his purpose. They were offended at his purpose and his mission and the things that he had to offer, his teachings. But Jesus said unto them, this is some weird wording with King James here. A prophet is not without honor, comma, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So that's saying you can't be a prophet in your hometown. You don't get the credit. You don't get the honor because everybody knows who you are from when you were a kid or when you made that one mistake or there was some drama happening in your family and then the whole town figured out about it and your, your name got drugged through the mud for a little bit or you, you did something bad and caused some mischief and did some damage to some property or whatever and you got labeled as like a heathen or uh, a wild crazy kid who's nothing but trouble all these things that can come up from our childhood and how we existed in the world when we were kids they get stuck with us in these small towns especially and that's how everybody exists, really. So I read a book called The Mature Mind. And I feel like I need to read it again. So I'm probably going to end up reading it once I'm finished with this book. I haven't been doing much reading lately. Uh, whatever time I get in the morning, which is only like maybe 10 minutes, I'll do it then. So it takes me a little extra long to read some books lately haven't been diligent with my 10 pages but anyways in this book the mature mind it's by a psychologist from the 1940s and he's basically predicting how the future is going to look and he is spot on so it's a book from way back then and I'm I read it uh, probably six six or eight months ago something like that and everything in it was true, spot on. With like how, like the state of the world, society, and all that type of stuff. People's minds and their consciousness, the way that people act in the world, their behaviors, right? So, one of the main points is called the mature mind. And he's saying that if you have a mature mind, then that makes you like. A real a real adult like you're you're actually a grown-up if you have an immature mind then you're just a child and he states in the beginning of the book that there's nothing more dangerous than a child and I, I read that sentence I was like oh that seems a little you know extreme children are pretty innocent and because of their innocence they just kind of do things without knowing the consequences. They could break things. They could cause a lot of damage to stuff just because they're curious. And, you know, for example, when I was a kid, um, 
I shoved a bunch of stuff into somebody's muffler whenever their car was just idling. I didn't know anything. I was just putting stuff in the muffler. I saw a hole, smokes come out of it. I was like, oh, well, can I put something in there? What's going to happen? Nothing happened. And, you know, something like that could have caused a lot of damage, right? If I would have, you know, I obviously wouldn't do that now. But um, anyways, kids can be very dangerous and reckless. They can smash stuff and all that sort of stuff. Um, they don't really know how to handle their emotions. They can't really think super critically. Um, they don't have a lot of uh, social awareness and social emotional health because they're very immature. They have a they have an immature mind. So basically, what this guy was saying is that. The most dangerous thing, really, is a full-grown child, an adult child, because nobody in, in this modern world, not nobody, but most people, the majority of people, have very immature minds. They're still children, but in an adult body. They're stuck in the past or they're stuck on certain traumas that they might have experienced as kids and they keep re reliving that out over and over again. Rejection, the lack of being loved, maybe getting traumatized like physically or sexually, abused, things like that. That gets carried with us unless we deal with it. So if you've dealt with it, kudos to you because that's a lot that's really hard work um, I've done a lot of work on myself and it's not easy it's probably one of the hardest things that I've had to do is to go back to my childhood and analyze how I was being loved and what I was doing as a kid getting exposed to sexual things uh, pornography at a very young age uh, sexual activity at a very young age, experimenting with friends and things. So that stuff kind of gets locked. I forget the, the proper term. Conditioning, I think, was one of the terms used. So you basically get stuck in that condition. And unless you break that cycle, you break your conditioning, then you can finally mature. And that's kind of what I think about whenever Jesus goes back to his hometown and everybody's stuck in the past of where when they, when they knew Jesus, he was probably like 12 or 15, 16, 20, 18, I don't know, younger. Right? That's how they view him. They, they, they hold that, that image of him when he was a child. He wasn't quite yet an adult, a mature person. And we don't really know much about his life at that time. But that's what I think of whenever we have these small towns and people associate a certain identity with you 
based off of what they remember you as and what they associate themselves with to you. I know I do it with my, my cousins that are younger than me. I can't believe my cousins are in their 20s now. I'm like, wait, I still think of you as like that 12-year-old little person that you know we picked on and we had fun together and we goofed off and we were super immature. But they're like full-grown adults. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I need to like step away from that type of association with these with these people because they're way more grown up than what they were. Um, so I think I think of that whenever we're thinking of Nazareth and the people that exist in it. They're stuck in the past. They're stuck in their traumas. They're they're not mature minded they're very immature right so they associate Jesus as oh you're just a carpenter you're just Mary's son we know your parents we know your brothers we know your sisters how did you gain all this knowledge and they didn't where'd you come from and because of their disbelief he didn't perform many miracles there he left. And in other texts, other scriptures, or gospels, uh, I think in Mark and Luke, uh, it's made to seem like he teleports. At least that's how I interpret it. He is there one second. They're getting ready to throw him off a cliff, pretty much. They're like, you know what? You're so crazy, we're going to throw you off a cliff because we don't believe you. And... Uh, he kind of like teleported or disappeared or moved through the crowd without anybody being able to touch him, like walking through walls type of thing. And uh, he left. He didn't go back. And the reason why I feel like that a little bit is because I am from a very small town. And the way that I talk and the way that I think and the way that I want to be isn't necessarily welcomed here or received well. Um, there's just a lot of barriers and a lack of mature-minded people, I guess. Because with that, that mature mind, that means that somebody's willing to grow and become better and see things from different perspectives, question things. And if you're not willing to do that in any way, shape, or form, then you're stuck. And you're not progressing in life. And you're just reliving the same thing over and over. But until you solve a lot of those traumas and a lot of your mental problems, you're going to be stuck in that spot. So, very interesting story. And I'm sure a lot of people feel like that. Uh, especially in today's world, I think. Or small towns, we'll say. Because if you live in a small town, you probably know what I'm talking about. You know everybody, you know where they live, you know what street they're on. You probably see them all the time. 
driving around. You're like, oh, you're from here. I've seen you before. Right? You don't even know them, but you've seen them before. Um, so, yeah, it just gets weird and makes you think about stuff differently. It's, it's almost like it's censorship. Uh, because I don't want to, like, be like Jesus and put myself out there so much that I get rejected. There's probably a fear of rejection that I have that's holding me back, which is interesting. Because I've thought about that before, because that's, that's an issue that I have. Um, so, that makes sense. Now that I'm talking it out. But uh, yeah, that's about all I have for today's episode. Um, so remember we just did the parables. And we talked about when Jesus goes back to his hometown. And remember because of their disbelief, he didn't perform miracles. And that applies to today too. So if you lack disbelief, then chances are you're not going to receive those miracles. You have to have faith. There has to be something there that Jesus is like, oh, okay, yep. They believe, then they shall receive. So if you don't, then you probably won't receive things. And it says that a lot in the Bible, like all through the Bible. Um, faith is really important. So, with that being said, that's all I got to say. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Share the show. Um, connect with me. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want. Contact me, reach out, leave a review. That'd be great. Got to get the story of Jesus out there. Uh, so thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.